Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Major League Fantasy Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Roach. Today's date, May 12th. Uh, regular fantasy show, uh, quarter way through quarter pole point of the season. Uh, I just want to, a little news and notes. Uh, Jose Altuve, he's, uh, he went on the IL today, and uh, teams are trying uh, starting to see if they're buyers or sellers. So, uh, be fa- uh, just make sure to uh, watch out for your teams uh, being on the trading block. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, you still have two months for that, but that's something to always be aware of. Uh, as always, my co-host is Cole Friel. Cole, what are you currently working on? Is there anything you want to uh, open up with? Um, hey, how are you doing today, Brian? Um, so what I'm currently working on for MajorLeagueFantasySports.com is my uh, bullpen piece, my relief pitchers piece. Um, half of that piece works as a review for the closing position. Half of that piece works, um, excuse me, to look for um, relievers who have value in different kinds of leagues, leagues that don't necessarily look directly at saves, but to look at different categories like save holds, uh, inherited runner stranded plus holds, uh, and, and things of that nature. Uh I think it's interesting you bring up this buyers and sellers. You know, I'm just flipping through some of the standings here. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you wonder what Oakland would do if they actually had a 45% uh, winning percentage uh, come late late July. Uh, a lot of the teams that are at the bottom of the division, like Baltimore, uh, Kansas City, Texas, are more or less what we expected. Uh, looking at the American League, I think one interesting buyer uh, would be the Minnesota Twins, uh, potentially looking for uh, maybe starting pitching depth, as all teams need, maybe bullpen depth, uh, maybe a right-handed bat to, to balance out what I think is uh, one of the more lefty-heavy teams. But, uh, you know, Twins are a team, uh, best best winning percentage in the American League, maybe, best best winning percentage in baseball right now. Uh, so, so that'll be an interesting team to see uh, what they're going to end up doing in the deadline. And uh, teams like the Mets, the Reds, um, even even the Rockies, uh, you know, a lot a lot of teams like this are, are are teams that could go either way. I think when we're talking about the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that, especially in the American League, where I believe only like six teams are above uh, 500 uh, currently. Uh, our guest this week is uh, Kevin Bizdeck. Kevin is a writer, editor, league owner, and frequent guest on the Major League Fantasy Sports dot com shows. Uh, what are you working on, Kevin? And anything you want to open up with? Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Uh, currently, just doing some editing for uh, Major League Fantasy Sports. No writing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd open it up with uh, just going over one of my, my staffs from the recent week. Uh, <clears throat> started out Monday with uh, my ace, Trevor Bowers, getting pounded for seven runs in five innings, and then uh-huh. Merrill Kelly, another seven runs in four innings. Yeah. Tuesday, Colin McHugh, eight earned in three. Wednesday, Tyler Skaggs, seven earned in 4.2. Thursday, Joe Musgrove, eight earned in three innings. Derek Holland, seven earned in 2.2 innings, and then topped it off Friday with Pablo Lopez, a nice 10 earned run, 
performance in, in three innings pitch. So uh, I just thought that was one of the worst weeks I've seen in a long time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think two of those guys yeah, are moved I- to the bullpen. So kind of shows you, uh, <laughs> I think I have more faith in, in uh, Musgrove, or, I mean, uh, in Holland and uh, McHugh than their teams do. They're shifting them to the pen. But yeah. Yeah, that's a, a very tough week. Uh, I just had to deal with Merrill Kelly uh, being rocked his first start, but I think my team actually weathered the storm and ended up winning, which I'm happy about. But before we jump into our streamer breakdowns, just want to inform our audience of our partner, Thrive Fantasy Sports. Are you tired of the same old salary-based daily fantasy apps and websites? You can sign up for Thrive Fantasy Sports, which is a prop bet-based site that uses over and unders for players in MLB, NBA, and NFL to make a lineup. More sports are on the way. You can go to thrivefantasy.com on your phones and tablets in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Look for the Thrive Fantasy app. After you download, use the promo code MLFS. That's just the... um, uh, initials for our website, MLFS. You'll get uh, your first dollars, $10 matched in real time. That's right. If you put in 10 bucks, then you'll get an extra 10 bucks in real time. Just enter the promo code MLFS. Uh, and also remember to donate to our Patreon account. Go to MajorLeagueFantasySports.com and along the right side of the page, just under the headline section, you'll find the Patreon donation button. You can set up a monthly donation for as little as $1 or make a one-time donation. Thank you to our current supporters. We also have several openings in our football leagues for the 2019 season, so you can get a jump start on that for 2019. You just have to email Corey D. Roberts at MajorLeagueFantasy at gmail.com for more details. And we'll begin now with our streamers. We'll start with Monday. Uh, Cole, why don't you start us off? Oh uh, yeah, so um, I, I think this is something that we go over a lot, with, no matter when we use streamers. But uh, I, I think Mondays and Thursdays are obviously oftentimes the hardest days to find because uh, those are the days that have the most off days. Um, already, I, I think this is a, a a bit of a tough slate to, to navigate through for, for the weekday slate. Um, but but one name that I I do like, despite the fact that I don't feel necessarily safe or know how long he's going to go uh, into the game is uh, Jonathan Loisega of the uh, New York Yankees. Uh, he's pitching against the Baltimore Orioles in New York. Um, he's got some, some really good K upside. Um, if you're in a DFS type format where, where strikeouts can be uh, really beneficial to your points totals, uh, Loisega uh, adds, I think, some, some extra intrigue uh, in formats like that. Um, you know, he, he's not the way I usually like to stream because I usually like to feel um, a bit of safety with my streams. And even against a uh, a Baltimore lineup that has a lot of holes in it, Loisiga is a guy mm-hmm. who you worry could, could nece- uh, potentially walk some of the guys who aren't that good uh, and give up damaging hits uh, to the Villars and the Mancinis uh, and, and the guys who are actually pretty solid in that lineup. So uh, Loisiga is a name I'm throwing out there uh, for Monday, especially in DFS formats and hoping he can go five innings and get a good number of strikeouts. Yeah, uh, it's a good option. Uh, I actually used that as a reasoning of starting uh, the Angels starter today. He got lit up by the 
Orioles, unfortunately. But uh, who you got for Monday, Kevin? Yeah, I picked two two guys on my list here. The first one was Luizaga, so I think he's he's definitely my number one option, and for all the reasons Cole said, I think he could be a guy that ends up sticking around in the long term too. Um, kind of like one of the back-end rotation guys um, for the Yankees. So we'll see how that plays out. But my pick is uh, uh-huh. Mike Fires, And, uh, you know, he did throw that no-hitter his last outing. Um, but really, he's also got a good a good matchup at Seattle. Um, he's, Seattle's got a pretty bad K percentage against uh, right-handed uh-huh. pitchers at home. Um, worst in the league at 29.5%. Um, Fire isn't really a high K guy, but you know if you get a solid five or six innings, and you can add in a couple, you know, one or two extra Ks than his typical six and a half per nine, you know that goes a long way. Um, and you know I think he just he he's got ability to go deep into ball games too. Sometimes I see streamers that are more the younger guys that I think managers are more careful with. Um, in terms of pitch mm-hmm. count, but the veterans, sometimes they're a little more free to let him go. So I think he could get you potentially a quality start, a win, and maybe a handful of Ks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he, he he's a nice option, um, especially um, uh, since his start got pushed back after his, all those pitches were thrown after the no-hitter. Um, and we'll see what he can do in his follow-up start. Uh, the guy I was looking at, uh, Tyler Skaggs, I know he's 42% owned and got roughed off his last start, and he's facing a tough uh, Minnesota lineup. But I don't know, before that last start, he was looking pretty good. He he averaged he, he averaged um, he averages about a strikeout per inning, um, and the Angels, besides today, were putting up runs. We'll see if that uh, trend continues. Another guy, who, uh, another two guys, um, Brad Peacock. Um, he he has a nice two-start week. Um, I was about to give up on him before his 12-strikeout performance uh, this past week. And Ronaldo Lopez uh, has two options this week. He faces Cleveland and then Toronto. He's a nice little option uh, for two-start weeks if you're uh, if you're really desperate. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you for Tuesday. Who you got? Yeah, Tuesday I had a, a few options. I think there's a few good good options here to look at. Uh, my number one option for streaming is Wade Miley. Uh, he's left-handed pitcher, had a pretty decent career, definitely been useful fantasy-wise at times. Uh, he's going up against Detroit on the road. They're mediocre against left-handed pitching, but they strike out a pretty good mm-hmm. amount, 27.6% which is uh, sixth worst in the MLB against left-handed pitching. And also the Astros are obviously really a good team, and so you've got a good chance at getting a win there. So Miley's my first my first choice there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely uh, starting to get up there, especially since he has a 3.18 ERA on the season. He's starting to get looked at in a lot of leagues. Um, Cole, who you got for Tuesday? Um, so uh, going back a little bit, uh, I think the uh, the Tyler Skaggs pick for Monday is interesting because even though the the numbers don't necessarily bear it out yet, the Twins are uh, second in baseball right now in WOBA 
uh, overall as a hitting uh, team. You know, they're second overall mm-hmm. uh, against righties and they're second overall against lefties as well. Uh, so even though uh, they have even split so far, I'm not completely convinced that that lineup is as good um, versus left-handed pitchers as versus right-handed pitchers, which uh, does make Skaggs a little bit more interesting to me. Uh, I, I'd be a little, I'd be more confident starting Skaggs than uh, than the other two. Um, uh, their names are escaping me right now, but the other two angels who are starting that week, Pena and Canning, I believe it is, are both right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Fires is uh, one of the names that I also had uh, for Monday. Uh, in terms of Tuesday, uh, Trent Thornton is an interesting name for me. Uh, he's on the road in San Francisco. So, um, unlike, mm-hmm. you know, he has had some struggles so far this year, but unlike his, his typical start, uh, which happens in the American League, often in the American League East, and uh, in, in a hitting ballpark. Uh, this start will take place in San Francisco uh, against the National League uh, with n- uh, no DH. He'll get to go up against the pitcher, uh, and he'll he'll get to play in that cavernous ballpark uh, uh, that is uh, Oracle Stadium or, or whatever it's called now. Uh, so uh, that that's mm-hmm. my big that's my that's one of my favorite starts. And then I, I also did have uh, Kevin. Uh, start for Tuesday as well, uh, Wade Miley, uh, on my, my very short list. Um, I don't know how soon it will be that people start picking up Wade Miley because even what he's showing us now uh, doesn't come with necessarily the most fantasy value because uh, he doesn't strike right. out uh, a, ton of, a ton of batters. Um, but at the same time, he is showing uh, more and more that what, what he discovered last year with Derek Johnson in Milwaukee uh, was, was no fluke, at least entirely. Um, he, he's done a really good job of keeping uh, the ball down, uh, of using that, that cutter a lot, um, keep, uh, mm-hmm. keeping the elevation down so that he's not giving up too many home runs. So uh, Wade Miley's been a very interesting pitcher to watch develop the last couple of years into something a little bit different. Uh, and I, I kind of believe uh, that he's a pretty solid pitcher m- moving forward. Uh, you know, Houston's mm-hmm. good with, with developing these guys as well. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Um, I'm taking a big shot in the dark. Uh, this guy is on like no one's radar. He's zero percent owned. Uh, uh, he's going against the Washington Nationals, who have struggled um, this season scoring runs. Uh, William Font is a, apparently supposed to make the start on Tuesday for the New York Mets. Uh, the only reason I was looking at him, he has a he has a bad ERA, but uh, 19 strikeouts in 18 innings. So if he can get a bunch of strikeouts, that could definitely help uh, teams' ratios if that's what you're looking for. But uh, it's a real, real shot in the dark on unlimited Tuesday action. All right. Wednesday, uh, who you got, um, Cole? Uh, well, first, uh, you know, just in terms of Wilmer Font, uh, they recently acquired him, I believe it was via trade. Uh, he's going to slip into, I believe, the Jason Vargas position in the rotation because Vargas hit the uh, injured list. I don't know if there's much to see there or not, but, um, you know, the, the the Mets have that high-end uh, big three that we mm-hmm. talk about a lot, and even Matt's making it uh, a, a four to some lesser extent on the fourth. Um, but they have been depth-challenged uh, this year and, and in the last several years. Um, so, so that's uh, something to, to continue to, to keep an eye on. Um, let's see. I, I didn't write them down by by day right away, but I, I know I have Domingo Herman, uh going up against 
Baltimore, right? Or, yeah, Baltimore as one of them. But I know Domingo Herman's starting to become um, a bit more owned. So that's a, a little bit of a tricky one for me. It's a it's a start that I'm interested in watching um, because I want to see uh, it, it. What I'm looking for when I'm look, watching Domingo Herman pitch is how long he can continue to avoid the blowups because I know what he looks like on a good day. I think we're all developing uh, knowledge of what he looks like on a good day. Um, and we've had that for a long time. What he hasn't had so far this year is one of his bad days. And, you know, what we did see – early on in his career was that they can come and when they can come, they can be really, really bad. Um, so, you know, the, the more continuous uh, positive starts Domingo Herman uh, strings together, the better. Um, not, not up against a very good lineup here, same like when we were talking about Lo, uh, Lo Isiga. Um But the, the thing is, to me, uh, the longer he's playing in the Yankee Stadium, those, those balls can still get hit hard uh, by anybody and fly out of there. So, um, that's really what I'm looking for for Herman. If he can, if he can manage the contact uh, and keep the ball in, in Yankee Stadium, even against the Baltimore Orioles, uh, consistently. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, he he's been he's been getting lucky with the wins too. Uh, I don't know how he how he's gonna keep the wins uh, up uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, I feel like he's already gotten basically a quarter of the win total that he's gonna get for the whole season probably less than uh, probably even like half um if that makes sense um kevin who you got for wednesday yeah i got german stats in front of me he's seven and one so mm-hmm. he has a quarter of his wins that'd be a historic season <laughs> i think, right. yeah, I, think yeah, I think I mean, maybe 14, even half. yeah 14 <laughs> would be great um <laughs> wednesday i've got uh I've got two guys. The first is Trevor Cahill. He's at Minnesota. Um, not a great matchup, but uh, Minnesota is kind of middle of the pack uh, against right-handed pitchers, uh, both in terms of Woba and strikeout rates. And I think Cahill, he's a veteran pitcher. He's coming off a poor stretch, mm-hmm. but through a quality start against Baltimore his last time out. And I guess the slate on Wednesday – I just didn't have a lot of trust in, in a lot of the guys out there. So uh, kind of going to someone who's had success in the past as a streamer. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, last year kind of pitched himself into uh, an ownable starting pitcher before he got injured. So I also have that in the back of my head where I'm thinking maybe he's got a few bad starts out of his system, and now he's had a good start against Baltimore. He can kind of build some momentum on that. Yeah, uh, that's – it's a good a good option, uh, especially since he's been uh, riding the ship a little bit. You got a, uh, I got a couple names. One's a shot in the dark, but the other name, uh, old veteran Gio Gonzalez, uh, back with Milwaukee. Um, he got he got a win. His last start out, uh, 16 innings on the season, 12 strikeouts, 1.69 ERA. So uh, uh, he's playing at Philadelphia, which is a hitter's ballpark. Um, and they can score runs, um, so uh, it's he's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. But if you need help in the streaming department, he's one. Uh, shot in the dark, Tyler Bead against Toronto, mainly because Toronto uh, has not really scored many runs over the last 12 games. They're averaging a little over two runs per game. And sure, he got 
absolutely torched his only start of the season. But um, he has an 18.69 ARA, but maybe the Toronto lineup is just what he needs. And our final day, Thursday, Kevin, we'll start with you. Sure. Well, I think I'll just touch on Toronto since you, you brought them up. Um, I was looking at Derek Holland on Tuesday against Toronto for, you know, the same reason that you're looking at B, just Toronto is a pretty bad offense. Um, but since he's getting pushed to the bullpen, I'm just keeping a close yeah. eye on that to see how they handle it. Um, Cause I think whoever they, they put in that position probably is a pretty good streamer. So, and since it's TBD at the moment, um, it's probably a guy that's going to be available, I would think. So, especially for deeper leagues, um, definitely something to keep an eye on. For Thursday, right. I've got I've got uh, Michael Pineda at Seattle. Uh, he's returning to you know his his old team, uh, or I was pitching mm-hmm. against them. Um, his ERA not not looking good right now, six ERA, but it's kind of been four good starts and three bad starts. Um, Seattle strikes yep. out a lot against right-handed pitchers. Um, their Woba is 282, which is also not good. Um, I think Pineda, he's he's a bit of a – the home runs tend to kill him um, and should be a little bit lessened in the, the – uh, I guess it's not Safeco Park anymore, T-Mobile Park out in Seattle. It's a, it's a nice mm-hmm. field. So uh, he's my first choice. And then I've also got Jordan Lyles here. Uh, at San Diego, mm-hmm. he's a righty. He's got, uh, you know, striking out about eight per nine, walking three per nine, keeping yep. the home runs down this year so far. Um, and really just he's pitching solid, and San Diego, they're not a great offense either. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think Lyles is a little more of a safer bet, but Pineda has the upside to put in that, you know, 10 strikeout performance on occasion, so. Right. Those are the two guys I'm looking at Thursday. Yeah, I mean, uh, with that, since Tatis went down, they've uh, their offense has gone down a little bit. Um, he, he's expected back soon, I think. Um, he was he, originally it looked like he might be ready for the um, this past weekend against Colorado, but then they said it was unlikely. So we'll see um, if he's going to be activated, which might put a boost um, for the Padres lineup, but Jordan Lyles is still a good uh, streamer option. Uh, Cole, who you got for Thursday? You know, uh, what's interesting about this Thursday matchup is that I I feel like usually when we do our Thursday matchups, uh, at least a good 50% of them uh, are from the previous series. Uh, You know, there's certainly some of those, but I feel like almost every team uh, switches series on Thursday this week, or uh, at least a good number of them. So we have all new matchups mm-hmm. uh, for our Thursday set. Um, one of those new matchups and the matchup that I think um, might have a lot of potential through the weekend is Oakland at Detroit. Um, you know, Oakland's got a solid offense. Don't don't get me wrong, uh, and, and it has the potential to be better than solid. But they're they're an under 500 team. Uh, Comerica, if if that's what Detroit's still called. Um, it is uh, at least a decent park for for a pitcher to to perform in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so so I like the Oakland pitchers. I like Chris Bassett uh, in, in that Thursday matchup specifically. 
um, against mm-hmm. Detroit offense. You know, I like streaming against Detroit in general because it's not one of the better teams. Right. So uh, Bassett, Monta, Montas, Brooks, Fires, the four-game series, all four of those guys, uh, if any of them are available, uh, going deep into the weekend, uh, I'm, I'm good with all four of those games. Um, and then on the Detroit side of things, I'm not sure who all starts. And obviously it's a, a bit tougher for me to stream against Oakland than Detroit. Um, but but still uh, a pretty a pretty decent situation for at least Turnbull, uh, Norris, Boyd. Uh, well, Boyd's probably owned in most leagues. But you, you get what I'm saying in, in terms of this being a potentially a low-scoring matchup this, this weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, uh, it, it should be interesting to see, especially uh, Oakland's uh, – uh, I mean, the return of Matt Olson helped um, a little bit for their offense, but uh, so far it hasn't yielded uh, the results they uh, obviously want uh, scoring, scoring-wise. Uh, I was actually looking at Chris Bassett as well uh, because uh, he's he's been really good – uh, so far, and he's he's pitched against some, I think, decent opponents, um, from what I recall. Um, but uh, the, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, maybe not uh, against Texas. That's that's one. Uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Toronto. Um, Toronto not that great. Pittsburgh's uh, not that great as well. But his last start out against uh, Cincinnati, he got the loss. Uh, he he's but he struck out nine over seven and two thirds. So uh, definitely a guy who can uh, get the strikeouts uh, if you need him. Um, I was I was also looking at Stephen Matz. Sure, he's forty percent owned, but he's also he's facing Washington, uh, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Washington uh, hasn't uh, really uh, gone off to a, a great start, although Soto just came back. So that might hurt um, hurt Matt's uh, uh, in this start, uh, even though uh, Anibal Sanchez uh, is on the other side. Uh, I feel like Matt's could get in, in the line for a win uh, if all goes well. But that will wrap up our streamers. Uh, unless either of you two, uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. Do you have anyone else uh, for any of the days that we didn't mention? Um, I think Tuesday, I had mentioned there's a few guys I was looking at. So the other two guys I haven't mentioned are Danny Duffy and Mike Leak. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Duffy, he's a lefty pitching against Texas. Um, you know, they're not good against lefties. Um, <clears throat> they strike out a lot against lefties, I should say. Fourth highest K rate in the league with 28.2%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duffy, he's not really doing a great job this year, especially in terms of K per nine, about six per nine pace, but historically he's been a little yeah. better than that. Um, I think he's a little riskier than the option I went with Wade Miley, but, you know, potentially has a little higher upside there. And then Mike Leak kind of getting, uh, he's getting Oakland at home. Um, and I think yeah. Oakland is good, but Leak's, Leak's just another veteran guy who can give you six or seven innings. Um, not a big K guy either. Um, part of the reason he goes six and seven innings is because he doesn't strike out or walk a lot of people. So if his, if the balls right. in play are, are making outs, then Lee kind of just rolls along. So those were, those are a couple other guys. Uh, keeping also, my eye on. Yeah. It also helps. 
that uh, Oakland really struggles. I think they're last in the league against right-handed uh, starters. So that's what makes him and also uh, Kikuchi uh, good starts against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Cole, did you have anyone else uh, that we didn't met- that no one that no one's mentioned yet? Um, more so, I think there's a <coughs> excuse me a couple players with some talking points. Um, you know, the White mm-hmm. Sox have two pitchers going up against Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't been a great lineup yep. uh, so far this year, and those two White Sox pitchers uh, have a chance of being uh, unowned in Lopez and Banuelos. Um, but Banuelos, yep. I'm not super high on in general. Right. And re- while Reynaldo Lopez I am high on, uh, I don't think it's a good matchup for him in particular, um, especially because he's going right. to have to go up against a lot of lefties. So I feel like he's going to have to execute a lot. So uh, that's not – um, necessarily one that I'm interested in. I think there was – oh, yeah, the Twins. Um, I don't know if, if Gibson or Odorizzi, uh, Odorizzi uh, however you pronounce his last name, uh, still still don't know. Um, but uh, uh, if either of those two guys are available against the Los Angeles Angels, uh, I do think that that is a, a solid matchup that, that you can uh, harvest some potential value out of. Um, I think Gibson against LAA uh, – in particular, has has some potential to be uh, one of the DFS matchups that I use this week. Okay, yeah, uh, that's that's a good option. Uh, we'll move on to basically uh, hitters, uh, whether it's like uh, whether you should keep them or or not. Uh, Kevin, uh, we'll start with you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'll start with uh, Giovanni Urshela as a, a guy I think is okay. worth an add in, in most leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we discussed him last time I was on briefly, and he's just been raking yeah. uh, since then, 349, 409, 518 triple slash. Uh, he's got a 13% mm-hmm. strikeout rate, which is, you know, that's very good. He walks 6.5% of the time, which is pretty solid. Uh, a lot of the times you see guys who are the low strikeout rate, you know, contact hitters, they they don't walk at all. You know, if you think of, like, D. Gordon or Jose Peraza types. Um, right. Uh, in addition, Urshel has been hitting the ball hard 44% of the time with just an 8% soft contact rate. So that soft contact rate is pretty absurd. Uh, I don't think it's going to stay that way. That's, I, I don't really see any players with sustaining sub-10% soft contact, but he's clearly locked in right now. Um, the Yankees lineup getting some guys back. I think Urshela um, is going to be able to keep his playing time, though, and that's because his defense is spectacular. And at third base, Andrew mm-hmm. Hart is the other option for the Yankees. Uh, he doesn't have stellar defense. So um, I think Hicks is coming back tomorrow for the Yankees. And then really the, the big one's going to be when Stan comes back and they can't use that DH anymore for uh, – right and Duhar, he's been getting a lot of at-bats there. Um, so the one the one concern, I guess, or, or one not positive factor here is that his fly ball rate is just 26%, so that's not conducive to a lot of power. He has two home runs this year, uh, only 10 home runs in his career in about 200 games. So don't expect power, but if this guy's putting the ball in play, getting on base in the Yankee lineup, there, you know, he's going to be – scoring runs and having opportunities to drive in runs as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's one good option. Um, 
who you got, Cole? Uh, we'll we'll do it one by one um, until we run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Well, I'm just going to touch on the uh, Gio Urshela thing for a moment because, you know, I think when it comes to his playing time in particular, um, you know, there's certain cases where uh, you do have an incumbent, and, and I think incumbency matters in, in, in positions. You know, I think you uh, – you know, even taking it down to the level of the manager uh, that, you, you know, you want to give a guy the idea that he earned a job uh, at certain times uh, and that jobs right. can be earned, uh, so to speak. Um, but, you know, in the case of Miguel Andujar, yes, you're looking at the rookie of the year who has 49 plate appearances, but you're also looking at this this glaringly obvious excuse that we have for him, which is that he might have a freaking large tear in his labrum somewhere. Like, I, I'm – you know, I'm hyperbolizing a little bit, but like, you know, he had he had a labrum issue, and they decided to just rehab and sit it out uh, in a situation where I think, um, you know, surgeries you know, recommended. I think the wrong thing to say because I think obviously they did recommend rehab to him. That's why he got rehab. Um, but you know, I think the surgery is the more normal, safer, uh, and, and clean route to go about it. Even though it would have taken him out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, it, it, I don't. I don't think I had very much hope for Andujar coming back. Uh, the moment they said he had a torn labrum, I was like, "He's done." I don't care if he comes back; he's done. To, to me, that's how I felt about it. Um, and you know, he's going to get some opportunities to prove it at DH at third base. But right now, he's slashing one twenty-eight, one forty-three, one twenty-eight, one twenty-one WOBA, negative thirty-five WRC plus. He got another zero for five with mm. three strikeouts today. Uh, 11 Ks to one walk. Again, 50 plate appearances isn't too much. Uh, but again, going going back to the main point, the point isn't that he's been bad for these 50 plate appearances. The point is that the moment he tore his labrum, you had to think this season was not going to end very well, and that anything that the mm-hmm. the Yankees were hoping to get out of him were hopes and prayers and 80 percent of what he was last year uh, at the absolute best. So you know. Gio Urshela doesn't have to, you know, I guess the, this is a long way of saying I don't think Gio Urshela has to beat out um, or should have to beat out, you know, even an average level player. I think we're going to have one guy performing at a high level and one guy performing uh, at a negative war caliber level, and I think that's going to uh, easily uh, ch- change the dynamics of this situation. Um you know, I think when we're looking at these situations for call-ups, the, the big thing that changes players' values uh, quickly are uh, injuries, call-ups, and role changes. Um, the latter one's a little harder to uh, peg, um, but injuries and, and call-ups are the big two. Um, one player that's, uh, you know, it's hard to broadcast his role into the majors, but one player that's absolutely tearing up uh, the minor leagues right now, tearing up AAA right now, is Jordan Alvarez. Uh, AAA player in mm-hmm. the Houston Astros organization. Uh, he's under five percent owned, I think, in uh, ESPN leagues. Yeah. Um, you know, the the hard part about the Astros is that, you know, the positive is that he gets to play on the Astros when he plays. The negative is that if he wasn't an Astros player, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there's a chance that uh, he would be up sooner, or uh, when he was up, rather, he would have a clean cut. Uh, an easy full-time job, you know, it, it's the blessing and the curse. So, you know, you don't know if Alvarez is going to have that job right now. But, uh, you know, there's one thing that I think a lot of people try to fundamentally not believe in anymore 
or you know, I think there's a suggestion in a lot of uh, modern numbers and a lot of modern ideas with some of these numbers um, that that hitters can't be hot. And I know this is a completely different tangent to go down, but you hear managers say things mm-hmm. like, "Well, I mean, he had three hits yesterday. That doesn't necessarily mean anything." Uh, and I think that's right. very uh, n- well. I don't believe that's true, but what I'm trying to say is, I, I think that didn't used to be what what we used to think. I think we used to think that a hitter did get hot. Uh, and then it was was a factual thing, and and I still do believe, uh, as much as I look into numbers and you know all, all these fangraphs pages and stuff, I still believe that there's a a fundamentalness to to being locked into the plate uh, and being hot. Uh, so I think Jordan Alvarez, you know, whether he's he's this good or not, whether he ends up being a stud in the major league level or not, uh, he looks mm-hmm. absolutely locked in right now, even at the AAA level. Um, and he could get to the major league level and explode potentially right away, you know, no matter what the long-term, uh, no matter what the long-term value ends up being. In a lot of redraft leagues, that won't matter if he gets called up and just starts clubbing homers right away or has any kind of a mm-hmm. performance like, you know, uh, another guy I could bring up uh, who who's owned in a lot more leagues, being owned more and more every day, but, you know, Michael Chavez of the Boston Red Sox who, uh, you know, went from unheralded to to the big thing, um, at least in terms of wire fantasy baseball. So yeah, that that's who I'd like to add first into this waiver discussion, or not waiver discussion, but add and add and drop type situations. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, uh, he's definitely been a guy who uh, is making it difficult on the Red Sox, especially once Dustin Pedroia is healthy. Though he had a setback on Sunday with knee soreness. So um, it looks like he won't be back anytime soon, which helps uh, Chavez. Uh, Kevin, did you have any uh, one else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple more guys. So the next one on my sure. list here is Mitch Garver. He's a, he's a catcher okay. um, for the Twins. Uh, I picked him up this week because Mike Zunino got injured. Uh, so I'm sure there's other people out there who have Mike Zunino. Maybe we did the same thing. Um, Garver's smashing the ball this year. Um, he's got a 788 mm-hmm. slugging percentage, and that's uh, led by eight home runs. Um, and I think the eight home runs, you know, I think it's real. He's got a 40% hard hit rate. Um, that's last year. Um and, you know, carrying that power forward this year. Um, he's also got a fly ball rate that's typically in the 38 to 41 range the last three years. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's like prime for like a, a slugger. Um, and then what I like about him the most is 10.7% walk rate, which is better than average. Um, the strikeout rate's about league average, 23%. Um, so I think for a catcher, these are, these are good numbers here, and he's going to – be a contributor, you know, especially at the catcher position. Um, I think the power is pretty legitimate. I think he can hit another 15 the rest of the way here. Um, the batting average will drop. He's hitting 364, so that'll definitely go mm-hmm. down, as will the 788 slugging. But uh, right. I would say ride it while it's hot, and then uh, I think he can be like someone you can just kind of plug and roll into for the rest of the way here if, if need be. Yeah, uh, I, the, the guy I was looking at, the same thing. Um, uh, 
basically riding while he's hot. Hunter Pence, he's riding a um, powertrain right now. He's had four home runs in the past seven games. Uh, he should have had five, but he was robbed by Josh Reddick. Um, I think it was Friday or, uh, yeah, I believe it was Friday night. He was robbed by Josh Reddick um, from, like, actually, I think a game-winning home run. Um, he's a he's a guy that uh, Texas called up, and he's been tearing the cover off the ball um, the last week or two. So um, that's, that's who I would add right now if you can. Uh, Cole, uh, you got anyone else? Uh, well, first off, I'd just like to touch on the Mitch Garver thing because, you know, I think there's two important sure. – um, well, first off, I think there's one important thing to say every time you talk about catching value, and that's that, you know, you have to remind yourself uh, that that every baseline that you're dealing with is different at catcher than every other position, right? Because, like, you know, if Mitch Garver plays for the rest of the season but only ends up being a 270 hitter – uh, with mm-hmm. a dozen home runs or something like that. 270 and a dozen home runs sounds lackluster and boring for any other position off the wire, but that's as good as you're ever hoping for to get out of a season at your catcher position for the most part. So, you know, um, you know, and I'm just throwing out random numbers uh, in terms of in terms of those two uh, figures, but I'm just saying in general, um uh, you know, what you're mm-hmm. looking for at catcher is so much lower that what you get uh, needs to be interpreted so much differently. I think one of the most interesting things with Garver uh, is that the Twins are using him uh, to lead off a lot of times against uh, lefties. Uh, the Twins are a team I, I, I seem to watch a lot of. It has to do a lot with mm-hmm. um, my infatuation for the breakout of Jorge Polanco. Um But uh, they seem to, a lot of times against lefties, throw Mitch Garver out as a leadoff hitter, and you don't you know, you don't get leadoff type of bats uh, out of out of catchers too often, even if you're not getting necessarily as many of them. You know, that's going to help your run score totals because, um, you know, th- those lineups can vary a lot. But, but say he is leading off and then right behind him is uh, Polanco, Cruz, uh, Rosario, something along those lines. Um, that That's obviously going to look uh, pretty good in terms of uh, chances for runs, even if he can just be – uh, a, a decent on-base catcher. So I think Mitch Garber is definitely a, an interesting name in, in the catching uh, in the catching mm-hmm. space. Um, I have a few names written down here. One of them you brought up earlier uh, in a different capacity. But uh, again, I, I, I prefaced this earlier. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, Michael Chavez, uh, they fall into the um, the call-up category. Uh, Gio Ursula is, is more playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, but there's also injuries. Uh, Gregory Polanco is one player um, that, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's owned in a lot of leagues. I'm sure he's owned in a lot of leagues for people who listen to this show, maybe all of them. Um, but at the same time, when I looked at his ESPN player page, I was shocked by how few leagues he was actually um, owned in, you know. Um, and, and players like Polanco and some of these shallow uh, and, and some of these other two players I'm going to get to in a second here, um, they get added and drafted in these 10-team mixed leagues um, with this ideal ideal that, like, oh, I have one IL spot or two IL spots. I'll get one or two guys that are already injured. I'll s- save them on my roster until July. Um, I'll never have to think about it or worry about it, and then I'll just have uh, two new brand-new players in July uh, to add to my roster. And then um, reality sets in, and by April 7th, you have 
four guys on the injured list. Uh, you're already dropping players that you liked because you just don't have enough IL slots. Uh, and one of those first casualties right. are, are your drafted injured list guys who, who you thought you were going to be able to wait until uh, Jan- July 4. So, um, you know, Polanco, I think, was that guy for a lot of people in a lot of leagues. You know, drafted around pick 210 team mixed league. Then you lose Stanton. Then you lose Upton. Uh, then you lose Lindor. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, can't afford to keep Gregory Polanco just sitting on my one injured list spot. Um, you know, Matt Olson, I think, falls into that category, too. Hasn't heated up yet, so we haven't seen him put up big numbers. But he, he's a solid first baseman at the very least. Uh, and his ownership percentage is, is nowhere near what you would expect it to be um, or, or what it would have been directly following draft season. And he, he's done nothing to lose that draft stock except for get hurt. And it is a very different case uh, to me between Andrew Hart and, and Olsen. You know, um, injuries are different. Wrists scare the crap out of me. Shoulders scare the crap yeah. out of me. Hands, they got a lot of small bones in them, so when they get hurt, when they get hit, right. they scare me because I, I'm worried that the break is going to happen. But, you know, once the break happens and if, if the break heals cleanly, I have a genuine confidence that someone can can return. Um, you know, if Olsen had a torn labrum like Andujar, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Uh, but he doesn't, so, so I'm expecting him to be a player that, that needs to be added in a lot more leagues. Uh, and then I know we're mm-hmm. talking about only hitters, but just to throw a, a, a name into this pile, uh, Jimmy sure. Nelson. Jimmy Nelson's a, a player that I, I've been a fan of um, for a number of years. Um, you, you know, well, really just going back to that 2017 stretch where he, he looked absolutely dominant um, before he had, I believe he also had a torn labrum, uh, and and his surgery caused him to miss the entire um, 2018 season. Um, was excuse me, was in uh, extended spring training, I believe, at some point this year. Just got through mm-hmm. uh, his first two rehab starts. Uh, still hasn't looked sharp in his rehab starts necessarily, but I do believe he had five strikeouts, one walk uh, yesterday. Um, so, so making moves potentially in the right direction. Um, you know, again, the labrum scares the crap out of me. But if Jimmy Nelson is – 95% or even 100% of the pitcher we saw in 2017, that's a very valuable pitcher, and that's a guy who, um, until at least until recently and still in a lot of leagues, uh, is available off the waiver wire uh, and could, could get you the, the strikeouts and the wins because he did show that, that 10K9 swing and miss stuff in 2017, and he is on a team, the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Brewers, that we expect to score a, a good number of runs in support. So, you know, he, he really right. does uh, check out a lot of boxes, you know, um, obviously not an ideal home park um, in, in Milwaukee, but, but outside of that, pretty good situation to be in. Yeah. Uh, he, that's definitely a nice ad. Uh, Cole, I mean, uh, Kevin, do you have uh, a, you can list your final guys and we'll move on to our series previews. Sure. So, uh, Last couple guys here, I think Malik Smith is a guy who, uh, I guess, kind of going off of Cole's uh, discussion on guys who are on the IL, uh, kind of maybe I forgot about. Malik Smith was sent down to the minor leagues a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he got dropped in your league, um, but he's getting called up, and he does have the stolen base potential. Um, I think he's got above average walk rate, um, so he batted. I think 
he batted leadoff uh, almost every game for the Mariners when he played. Mm-hmm. I think he'll probably be right back at the top of the order there. So if you need some speed, definitely look for Malik Smith. Um, and then the last guy I was looking at is Ronnie Rodriguez uh, on the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. He's uh, – I'm not sure how he is – how his uh, – his, uh, eligibility in, in every league, but Yahoo, he's first base, second base, third base, so he does have some mm. flexibility there. I think he's shortstop, too, actually. Um, yeah. And he's hitting the ball really hard this year, uh, 48%. Uh, hit the ball in the air, 45% clip this year, which are, they're both up from how he's done, uh, like, 2018. He was at 35% hard hit rate and 37%, so those are both pretty good. Um, I think, you know, we talk about sometimes the change of the ball, how, like, they're carrying a little bit more. I think he's a guy who hits the ball hard and hits a lot of fly balls. Uh, He's benefiting from that. He's got five home runs already this year. So, Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you need, like, utility guy or just a a hot bat that can kind of bounce around, I think think he's a real interesting pickup. Yeah, he had a multi-home run game on the first game of the doubleheader yesterday. Uh, he didn't do much in the second game, but no one really did uh, for Detroit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have anyone else. Uh, uh, Cole, do you have anyone else? Um, not necessarily directly down that line. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I peered into um, one thing I like to do after I get my guys, especially uh, when I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, is I like to uh, sort by um, – trends in ownership percentage just to see who's being added and who's being dropped because uh, even though we might be a little late on it, players who are being added a lot can become talking points and players who are being dropped a lot. Uh, you know, when you're being dropped a lot, no matter what your ownership percentage says, even if it says 70%, if you're getting dropped in 15% of leagues, that means you're actively being added to the waiver wire in 15% of leagues, uh, you know, when we're dealing with overall ownership percentage, a lot of these numbers can be influenced by stagnant leagues, but uh, the changes are the moves, you know, we're seeing these moves happen. So um, that's why three guys who are being dropped and becoming available in a lot of leagues um, that I thought were at least worth uh, pointing out, uh, not neither here nor there uh, up front uh, would be, uh, well, first off, Alex Verdugo is being added in a good number of leagues. I like that. Uh, A.J. Pollock's injury gives him uh, a lot more opportunity, and he does have five-category upside. Um, but the three uh, on the negative side are Tim Beckham, uh, Brandon Nemo, and Robinson Cano. Um, Tim Beckham is a player that you know probably is, is coming back to, to even, so uh, he's not a player that to me is necessarily um, the most addable because you know he, he's interesting, right. but I, I think – this is more who he is than what we saw for the first couple weeks of the season where it was just a surprise. Uh, and he got added in a lot of leagues and he got carried, uh, or rather his numbers got carried by that week for a long time, um, which made people hesitate, hesitant to drop him. Um, and now some of those drops are uh, happening in, in deep leagues. It's a dude um, that has a job, a full-time job, uh, and it's worth adding if the rage was what caused him to be dropped or just the frustration of not having him be um, what you thought you might have been getting. Um, but ultimately, in mm. most situations, not a guy I'm rushing out for. Brandon Nimmo's the, an interesting one because he, he's obviously, I think, lost the leadoff position at least for a while. Um, you know, because I think at this point, more than just 
turning it around. He needs Jeff McNeil to stop hitting 360 um, or whatever he's hitting now, um, you know, to, to, to get them to flip back so quickly. And he's also striking out a lot. I'd like to see him take advantage um, of pitches in the zone more so because, I mean, that's the whole point of being selective. You know, the point of – yes, one of the points of being selective is taking walks and getting on base. And I, I obviously am a guy who likes people who take walks and gets on base. But the real point of being selective is so that when you get a mistake pitch and when you get a bad pitch – um, you know it, and you're looking for it, and you can crush it. Uh, and not even just a bad pitch, but just any pitch that's that's in the zone. Uh, you know, the the pitch you're looking mm-hmm. for. Brandon Nimmo needs to start making pitchers pay more because instead of making pitchers pay, he's just you know taking a lot of pitches, getting behind, and uh, you know sometimes it just seems like he's uh, allowing pitchers to do what they want for a while, uh, and then trying to catch up late in the at bat, and it's not working for him. Um, Robinson Cano, I get the frustration in terms of Robinson Cano, and I wasn't particularly high on him coming into the season. But I, I do also believe that, you know, you got him for the power, and the power can come in bunches, and the power can also come a lot more in summer. And he's also just gotten to this new team, this new league, et cetera. Um, and Robinson Cano's also ha- been a player. You know, yes, he's 36 years old now, but he's been a player even in his mid-30s. Uh, who's really had seasons defined by strong halves. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising to me, even as someone who is negative on Robinson Cano at all, uh, to see him absolutely tear up in the second half of the year. I mean, I know we're not even close to the second half yet, but uh, just at, at any point for for a couple months of the season. So uh, Cano, Cano out of the three is definitely not the guy I'm dropping. Because um, it just goes right back to that. All right, what what did you get him for? You got him for the home runs and the RBIs. He's still likely to bat mm-hmm. decently high in the Mets, especially if he starts putting it together again. And he can hit home runs in bunches. I mean, any player can hit home runs in bunches, but Robinson Cano uh, can really hit home runs in bunches to me. So uh, he's a player that can add a lot of his value in a short period of time. So those are just three names being dropped in a lot of leagues. Yeah, uh, that's definitely. Uh, the case. Uh, some of them you should grab it, or some of them you just leave it out there. Uh, but before we jump into our series previews, I want to remind every uh, one in our audience of our partner Thrive Fantasy Sports. Are you tired of the same old salary-based daily fantasy apps and websites? You can sign up for Thrive Fantasy Sports, which is a prop bet-based site that uses over and unders for players in MLB, NBA, and NFL to make lineup. More sports are on the way. You can go to ThriveFantasy.com or on phones and tablets in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Look for the Thrive Fantasy app. And after you download, use the promo code MLFS, the initials for our website, Major League Fantasy Sports, so MLFS. And you will get your first $10 matched in real time. That's right. If you put it in 10 bucks, then you will get an extra 10 in real time. Also, remember to donate to our Patreon account. You can go to MajorLeagueFantasySports.com. Along the right side of the page, just under the headline section, you'll find the Patreon donation button. You can set up a monthly donation for as little as $1, make a one-time donation. Thank you to our current supporters. We also have several openings in our football leagues for the 2019 season, so you can get a jump start on that. For more details, you can email Corey D. Roberts at MajorLeagueFantasySports at gmail.com, and he'll answer any questions you have. So we'll jump into our series previews. We basically um, just preview the series uh either Monday through Thursday or Monday through Wednesday. Uh, Cole, you can start with yours. 
Uh, sure. Well, it might be no surprise to uh, the typical uh, listener, but I, I've chosen to uh, preview the uh, the Twins and, and the Angels for this uh, week. You know, um, there are two teams that I go to a lot, so in, in a lot of ways I, I wanted to shy away from it. Um, but but ultimately this is a matchup b- between teams that I, I've seen play a lot and I, I think have a couple of interesting uh, talking points right here and now. Um, in terms of the Angels' rotation, real quick, it's uh, Skaggs, Pena, and Cahill uh, going up against Minnesota. Um, but, you know, to cheat a little bit, the real interesting name to talk about right now on that rotation is Griffin Canning, uh, who did have a struggle, uh, struggle today uh, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it did have a little bit of a feel of a trap game to you because, you know, the one thing you're trying to gain when you're coming to the major league level, at least in my opinion, is a consistency on a start-to-start basis, and that's something that a lot of guys don't have right away. So we saw Griffin Canning have one good start. We saw him have two good starts. Um, and, you know, not to use the phrase he was due, but it, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, his, his, it, you know, if he would have had a third good start, even if it was against Baltimore, you would have really started to feel good about his ability to consistently come out and compete, which is something that a lot of guys at his age have, have a really hard time of doing. I still have a lot of faith in Canning moving forward, despite the, this bump in the road today. Um, he, he's a pretty talented pitcher who, who's showing us a lot of swing and miss stuff uh, already. Uh, Cahill and Skaggs are both guys that I've been pretty interested in for a long time in general, uh, and I'm very interested to see them go up against a team who, uh, again, in Minnesota, has been the best team in baseball this year, uh, at least in terms of record. Mm. And, and they haven't done it with, with dominant starting pitching. Um, and while they have been solid at the bullpen level, uh, you know, more than solid really, um, what, what's defined them is their offensive prowess and their ability to score runs and home runs um, at, at a big number. So uh, it will be interesting to see if Skaggs uh, and Cahill can keep the ball in the park uh, against uh, the, those guys. Um you know, on the Minnesota pitching side of things, you have Barrios, um, Gibson, and Odorizzi. Um, again, Gibson was the one that I think interests me the most in the DFS matchup just because I think a lot of people are going to uh, – or at least not, not as many people I think are interested in Gibson or think Gibson's as talented as, star, as a starter. And he has been very up and down both this year and throughout his career. But, you know, he really did have some, some advanced numbers, some good numbers that he'd never shown – uh, in his career before last year in terms of swinging missed stuff on the slider, in terms of generating strikeouts. He's still using his slider a lot. He's still getting a lot of swing and misses uh, uh, on his slider. Um, so so he's a guy that I have a, a good amount of faith in. You know, his uh, his game score on this on this ESPN page I'm looking at is four points lower than Odorizzi's, um, and, and I don't think they should be any different. I think they should be uh, the same. You know, this this L.A. team, uh, I, I like it uh, for a number of reasons, including the fact that I just love watching Mike Trout. Um, but at the end of the day, this isn't one of the better offenses in baseball, especially when it's lacking uh, players like Justin Upton. You know, Shohei Otani uh, is obviously the talking point of the L.A. side that, that makes this team so worth talking about uh, right now or at least intriguing at, at this exact moment. Um, you know, what upside are we going to get? What what value are we going to get uh, with Shohei Otani? And, and is this a smart move in the long term? Um, me and Kyle have to talk about this a bit on Thursday. But, you know, it scares me a little bit because I think I was I would be the kind of guy who uh, would, would recommend we just take the full 18 months of rehab and bring him back as a pitcher hitter. Um, but they've they've elected to rehab him mostly as a hitter uh, and allow him to be a hitter this year while, while conducting some more rehab uh, and then bring him back, I believe, as a starter probably next year. So 
Um, that's very interesting mm-hmm. to see with Otani. Uh, he's striking out a bit to start, and you know he, he's a hitter that is still pretty raw in terms of strikeouts and, and things of that nature. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that he that he's struggling right now, especially coming off of injury. Um, but he is someone that that's going to be one of obviously the most to watch players uh, in the MLB right now. Um, you know, on the Twins side of things, we've already covered a, a, a few talking points on this Twins team. Uh, Mitch Garver, I think, you know, really it comes down to with these Twins catchers. Twins have one of the most intriguing uh, collection of catchers I have ever seen. You know, usually you only have one good catcher. You usually don't have even intrigue at the catching position, uh, let alone having, like, two intriguing catchers, and neither one of them really being the primary. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, for defense and for rotation handling reasons, uh, their preferred catcher is Jason Castro when he is healthy. Um, But they also have uh, Mitch Garver, and even though I don't know if he's played a single uh, game behind the dish, uh, Williams Astudillo, uh, as these very interesting hitters. Um, Garver's been much, much more of an OPS guy, taking walks, slugging home runs. Uh, Astudillo's a, a complete freak in his own right, um, who, who doesn't strike out uh, or walk that much, uh, for that matter, but, but has some kind of crazy bat-to-ball um, potential. Mm-hmm. The top of that lineup, especially against righties, really scares me because you know Kepler's not the greatest hitter and he's been cold recently, but uh, he does take pitches well and he and he does see a lot of pitches and uh, he does have some power, some speed, some on base ability. Uh, you get Kepler first and you fall in with with Polanco, uh, Cruz, Rosario. I think that's a really tough way to start a lineup. Um, we've talked about mm-hmm. Polanco a lot on this show, nearing uh, or he yeah. near ten percent walk percentage. Um, Right now, it just dipped below 10% today. Uh, it's been hovering around 13 – strikeout percentage, rather. It's been hovering around 13%. Um, very strong, near one-to-one. He's been absolutely obliterating, uh, obliterating the ball and, and doing it consistently. Had another five-hit five game uh, fairly recently. Um, you know, he, he's one of my favorite players to watch right now. He's absolutely locked in. I want to see him make further developments against lefties, but right now against righties. I think he is becoming one of the best players in baseball against right-handed pitchers. And I know that's a, you know, that's a hard thing to reach for uh, in a lot of people's minds, but uh, I mean, he's top 10 in war right now. He's top 10 in, in, in a lot of those advanced metrics. Um, and, and ultimately he, he's a 25 year old shortstop who's having these numbers. So, um, you know, I think he as a hitter is pretty legit. I think he can do everything. I think he can hit the hard stuff really hard. I think he can adjust to the soft stuff. I think he can take uh, take pitches and, and, and work uh, deep, long at bats. Um, and, and he's just been one of my favorite players to watch this year, and it's one of the reasons I, I think I've seen the Twins uh, play so much baseball this year. But uh, uh, that's most of, of all that I have for this, uh, this Twins LA series. Yeah. Uh, it should be a fun series to watch, especially to see if uh, the twin starters can. Um, I mean, not not the angel starters if they can limit the uh, twins' uh, offense. Uh, any comments on that series, Kevin? And then we'll move on to yours. Uh, I think you know. I, I think uh, my only comment is I think I need to start watching the twins a little more. Uh, <laughs> they've got some good players for sure, and they're having a good season. Um, so. Maybe uh, I've been watching a lot of Diamondbacks, who, who I'll be covering here shortly. So maybe I can flip on the uh, 
the Twins around 8 o'clock and then switch to the Diamondbacks around 10 o'clock. I'm usually looking for a team, like, in the middle there. So that will work out well. Um, so, yeah, the series I picked to cover this week is D-backs and uh, Pirates. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of the D-backs lately, um, mostly because Granke is just my favorite pitcher right now, and the guy's dealing. Um, he's crafty with the, the 90-mile-an-hour fastball and the 67-mile-an-hour slow curve. Uh, seems like every start I watch, he's there's that, at least some point where he settles in and the announcers are saying he retired 10 straight batters or something similar. So um, definitely looking forward to that. He's getting the third game of the series, which I believe is Wednesday. Um, the first game of the series, you've got Robbie Ray. He looks strong his last outing, striking out 11 batters. Um, I'm looking to see if Ray can get onto a nice streak here. Um, we didn't really see one from Ray last year, and I think part of that was he got injured. Um, kind of in the middle of the season. So if you, you know, I'm sure you guys remember two years ago, he was outstanding and uh, last year was not so good. Definitely more of a, a bust for what you would have drafted him for. So this year, I think he's kind of been in the middle so far. And if he can get on a nice roll, I think that would be good for him. Um, and then the middle, middle starter for the D-backs is Luke Weaver. Uh, another guy who's been, a fantasy asset this year um, was cheap to acquire early on um, and having some, some success. He's got the, you know, the pirates are not a great hitting team. So I expect them to continue having, uh, having success in this matchup. Um, and we'll see what happens um, from the Pittsburgh side. Uh, mostly just interested to see Joe Musgrove. He's had two bad outings in a row. Um, the eight earned yeah. runs outing his last one, and then before that, 2.2 innings, five earned runs. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of trust in him from his, his hot star, and uh, hopefully he can get it back together and, and get it going again. Um, so I think yeah, that's what, I'll be, that's what I'll be watching for. I don't think the, the D-backs are a decent offense. They don't have the names, but they have some, mm-hmm. some decent hitters there. Um, so, and then on the hitting side, um, I guess I'll talk about some of those some of those decent hitters. We've got Ketel Marte, um, who he's coming into his own, I think, with the power. He's driving the ball to all fields this year. He's got a career-high 14 homers last year and already has nine this year. Um, I think some of that yeah. is the ball, but also he's hitting the ball in the air more, uh, 40% this year versus 29% last year. So that's a pretty significant change. Um, and I think if that, that yeah. change sticks um, – and I think this guy could be a legitimate 20-25 home run threat. Um, they've also got Wilmer Flores, who's coming on lately. Um, could have put him up in the, the ads uh, discussion of, that we had before. But um, he's 17 for his last 40. So he's raised his uh, his triple slash over the last two weeks with, with that uh, hot streak to 292, 336, 407. Um, definitely not a power hitter, but... Uh, he's got elite contact, six, uh, 88% contact rate. Um, so I think this is a guy who can uh, – you can you can add him in different leagues as kind of like a bench guy and ride a little hot streak here. Um, he's hitting the ball. Uh, let's see. Yeah, his fly ball rate has gone up this year, but I think uh, – you know, I think the power is really not, not what you're looking for. I think just – 
putting the ball in play. And when, when guys who put the ball in play a lot are, are kind of hot, I like to ride them. They can really give your average a boost. Um, and then the last guy I've got to talk about here is Christian Walker. Um, mm-hmm. He's been on a cold streak. Uh, he started out hot, and when he was hot, he was driving the ball the other way with power. And lately, he's been getting pitched to uh, a lot of fastballs up and in, and he hasn't been able to handle it so far. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll be looking to see if he can make an adjustment. Um, and if not, I mean, this guy, I think, was an ad early as a, someone who was hot with some good plate discipline, um, kind of a guy getting an opportunity. And I, I'm wondering now if, if he's maybe a guy that in, definitely in shallower leagues, you can probably drop him. Um, but we'll see if he makes some adjustments and can, can either lay off those fastballs or fight them off. Um, maybe he's a guy to, to hang on to. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting series, uh, 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 especially, uh, offensively and, and pitching wise. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Joe Musgrove, uh, can do, uh, against this, uh, Arizona lineup. Um, is there anything you wanted to say about that series, Cole? Um, um, so actually the thing that stuck out to me the most that, that Kevin said uh, was uh, actually the very last thing um, because Christian Walker uh, concerned me the very first time I looked into him. Um, the thing that I couldn't get over, uh, and I, I, I recommended him at sell, which I know sounds ridiculous because people pick him up on the wire, but, you know, people uh, people get excited in a lot of these leagues. Uh, and I recommended him as a sell because his his swing strike rate on forcing fastballs was, was absurd. Um, uh, it, it's very, very high. Its swing and miss rate overall is very, very high. Um, and, and I haven't actually seen uh, – I didn't actually see that he had been slumping the last couple weeks. Um, but what intrigues me even more than that is the idea – uh, that pitchers are going up and in on him a lot uh, and getting that swing and miss because that's uh, what I saw in the profile, the chance that uh, pitchers would be able to just um, uh, say, what, what we're doing wrong is we're giving this guy breaking balls and we're missing off those breaking balls and he's hitting them a long way. What we need to do is just blow our heat past them as best as we can uh, up, up in the zone and, and in behind his bat if we can uh, and do as good as we can can to get it up there, uh, and and I think that's that's the adjustment to him. And I don't know if he has the stuff to adjust back, uh, just because, like I said, that that whiff percentage uh, uh, has been so high against forcing fastballs so far uh, early on in his career. Um, I also mm-hmm. like what, what was said uh, in terms of Robbie Ray and, and Luke Weaver because I think they're both uh, the same in terms of. Um, you know, different circumstances. One, one uh, at least had a lot more to do with some some injuries and stuff. Um, but Robbie Ray and Luke Weaver were both pitchers you drafted a lot higher. If you got them the last two years, you drafted them a lot higher in 2018 than you did in 2019. Um, Luke Weaver was a bit of a darling last year. Was absolutely terrible and ended up getting traded away. Um, Robbie Ray was a guy that uh, went from having a great season to, 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 to be more of just a what, what we kind of expect him to be a strikeout guy. Um, not necessarily a darling in terms of ERA or WHIP, um, but also not awful. And, and 
getting those things for you uh, with an excellent number of strikeouts and, and some upside. You know, I don't think it's untouchable for him to get back to that uh, 2017 performance or, or whatever it was where he had the sub-3 ERA. You know, I don't think he does that again, especially if uh, that sub-3 ERA comes with the, the walk rate he had that year again. I don't think he does that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if, if he could if he could improve the walks at all, he's so nasty. Uh, you know, his breaking ball combinations uh, and his fastball uh, would be really hard to hit if he could just, you know, get get it a little bit better in terms of the walk rate. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Uh, I'll, I'll go into my series. Uh, the one I was looking at was uh, A's Seattle. Uh, we talked about the pitching, uh, some of the pitching matchups earlier, but. Um, uh, the first game, uh, we talked about Mike Fires being an option. I also like Kikuchi. Obviously, he's owned more. Uh, you say Kikuchi. Um, he's a righty going against, as I mentioned earlier, the A's lineup. Uh, that's, uh, I think, dead last uh, against right-handed uh, starters uh, this season. Uh, Mike Fires coming off that no-hitter. Uh, it should be interesting uh, to see how... He's able to bounce back with the extra day of rest after throwing uh, 131 pitches. Um, that That's the first matchup I like. Uh, Kikuchi is uh, starting to learn how to pitch in the majors, and it's uh, it's really looking like uh, he might be a good option for the Mariners uh, going forward. Uh, in the second game, uh, you got uh, Brett Anderson on the hill for the, for the A's against Mike Leake. Uh, we mentioned Mike Leake earlier uh, going, uh, going against the A's right-handed. Um, uh, uh, but uh, Brett Anderson, he's 4-2 and two with an uh, ERA over 4. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, 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 he can continue on getting those wins, uh, which in some leagues can be very helpful uh, if you're in one of the newer leagues that values quality start more. Um that's also an option, um, but it's only a two-game series. It, it looks like because um, yeah, because the A's uh, I believe go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, they 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 have the off day on Wednesday, so uh, it's only a two-game series between those two teams, um, but. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything? Uh, uh, actually, before I before I go to you, Kevin, I, I'm going to talk about uh, both teams' offenses. Um, it's a uh, Matt Olson has a handful of games underneath his belt. He's got he got his first home run today. Um, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, see if he can continue on the power train because he was he was very good in leagues last year. Um, see if Chris Davis can get back on track. He hasn't hit a home run, it feels like, since uh, April 1st because um, he hit so many in that Japanese series, and then he hit uh, so many to begin uh, the season. Now he, I feel like he hasn't hit any in basically over a month. And uh, for the Seattle Mariners, uh, Domingo Santana and Jay Bruce are leading the team with 12 home runs each, and Domingo Santana uh, – He's been very good this year in a lot of extra base hits. Has driven in 36 already uh, to this point, which is remarkable um, for a guy who 
really hasn't been like a full-time guy in the last few years. Uh, last year he showed flashes of it, but this year he's really uh, taken it to another level. Uh, Kevin, anything you want to say about this series? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm interested to see Malik Smith, who I talked about earlier, um, and also just if, if he's able to get on base um, and kind of get on base a couple of times, steal some bags, kind of make some things happen. That might that's fun baseball to watch, but also could help spark mm-hmm. the uh, the Mariners a little bit, who started hot and then right. not been hot lately. So um, no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they they have uh, been really cold lately. <laughs> uh, it's it's been really tough to watch, especially uh, their defense has been abysmal. Uh, they have the most efforts um, on the season before entering today, and today I think they had at least two or three, um, maybe even four. Uh, I, they were at. 43 to begin the day, and the next closest had 33. I think that was the Cubs. So, so they need to really work on defense. Luckily, defense doesn't really affect uh, fantasy purposes. It probably even helps uh, the pitchers out. And if there's errors, none of the runs are earned. And uh, I believe that helped out uh, Frankie Mon- Montas last week against the Red Sox. He gave up eight runs, but only one was earned. So uh, that that helped him, but it didn't help. The A's overall in uh, that contest. Uh, do you have anything to say about this series, Cole? Well, um, at least in terms of the last point, you know, it helps, but it also hurts. You know, it, mm-hmm. it depends on the situation you find yourself in. Because a lot of those times, uh, if you can get the third out and get out of the inning, it's it's simple. Uh, if you have to pitch uh, and continue to pitch, you know, whether whether you get the earned run stats or not, you might need. Uh, an extra 30, 40 pitches to get, you know, I mean, that's probably too many for for our our example, but, you know, you might need an extra 10, 10, 15, 20 pitches to get out of an inning, um, you know, when you have those big innings. And so at the end of the day, no, uh, they weren't earned, but at the same time, you know, you had to work through them. I mean, you, uh, the right. stress uh, on your arm and your body is no different than, than if, you know, they were earned runs. So, um you know, you know, I think I think that issue in particular uh, goes both ways, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely, it's uh, something to always uh, be aware of. Uh, another series that I was actually looking at was the Milwaukee-Philadelphia uh, series. Philadelphia in first place in the NL East, and Milwaukee just one game back of the Cubs. Uh, currently, uh, they're they're playing right now. So it could be more by the end of the uh, night. But uh, I, I feel like it's a good matchup to just see two teams uh, that are uh, basically in the playoff hunt. Uh, we expected them to be, but to see them play against each other, you got Reese Hoskins uh, leading leading the way for the Phillies. And you got Christian Yelich, who is just tearing the cover off the ball, going to Citizens Bank Park, which is a very, very hitters-friendly ballpark. Um, luckily, Yelich uh, finally uh, hit a home run on the road. Uh, it, it was either last week or the week before, um, after hitting his first 12 or so uh, at Miller Park, um, which won't be called that uh, next year. But right now, it's still. Miller Park. Um, 
Cole, you have anything to say about that series? Uh, and then we'll wrap up for the night. After well, first off, I'm surprised. Uh, I, I was, uh, I, I did not know that they were getting rid of the Miller Park name. So, you know, uh, some of these names, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there are, there are, some of these names are still just companies, obviously like, uh, switching right. from uh, us yeah. cellular to guaranteed rate, uh, but yeah. even some of the companies yeah. you get used to, uh, you know, AT&T Field, uh, you know, I, I right. think AT&T Field sounds silly, but I understand why uh, Giants right. fans defended. I mean, I think they won two championships there, so maybe three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's weird to see right. all, all, all these name changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Kevin, you have anything to say about this Milwaukee-Philly uh, series? Uh, well, you know, I was actually surprised. I didn't know that Yelich had – that was his first homer on the road. I don't know if maybe the Brewers have just had a lot of home games, but that was a little surprising <laughs> no, considering he, he, how many homers he yeah. got. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I guess – I believe only one or two are uh, on the road. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's uh, definitely surprising. And I don't know what they're mm-hmm. changing the name to, but Miller Park is just so fitting for the Brewers, so – uh, I believe it's, it's an insurance uh, company. I'll I'll look uh, it up and, and and let you let you know um, exactly it's going to be called. Um, but um, Kevin, it was a pleasure. Uh, oh, so it's American Family Insurance. So it's going to be American Family Insurance Park in 2021. So uh, it's not next year, but it's the uh, year after that. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll wrap up the show there. Uh, always some interesting tidbits uh, get released on the show. Uh, uh, we got uh, we got new Brewers uh, ballpark names. So, uh, But Kevin, uh, anything you want to wrap up with uh, before we let you go? Uh, yeah, I'll just wrap up my closing thoughts here. I've got one player I want to bring up. Julio Urias. Um, he made four starts this year and looked great and then moved to the bullpen. And he's been used in a multi-inning role three of his five appearances. Uh, he picked up one win and two saves in those five appearances, and one of those was a three-inning save. Um, the guy's starter or reliever, he can pitch. And I think he's a guy who is, can be one of those relievers that you, you maybe even in a standard league, um, you don't. He'll he'll get maybe a couple saves. He'll get a few wins, and he'll give you great ratios. So, you know, if you're looking for just some depth to your staff, um, definitely Julio Urias. Um, he might end up back in the starting rotation too at some point, which I think would just increase his value. So, um, that's how I'll close it out, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Uh, great as always. Have a good one. All right, Cole. Uh, what's what's your closing thought today? Um. Well, you know, I didn't uh, prepare too much, but uh, building off of what what Kevin went with with the young starting pitching uh, direction, uh, one of the guys that I think I've been most excited by uh, watching his change in development throughout the year this year is uh, Oakland starting pitcher Frankie Montas. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he uh, he seemed to add a, a splitter uh, before the year started. Um, it seems to have really helped 
open up the rest of his arsenal. Um, what, I, what I'm really encouraged by is the fact that, you know, at a young age, um, well, a lot of these pitchers uh, that are, are dominant and have, have the ability to be dominant with their stuff uh, and dominant kind of being actually defined by throwing the ball hard, um, it, you know, it, it's hard for some of these guys, I think, to um, to branch out from that and, and, and add the kinds of um, little ins and outs of your game that can make you a very good starting pitcher. Uh, I think Frankie Montas um, – you know the plan was to potentially change when, when you needed to change, uh, but but the main plan was simply to you know dominate with a fastball and a slider until someone proved right. uh, that he couldn't do it. And I think what we saw uh, in, in his recent history with Frankie Montas prior to this year uh, is hitters finally proving to him, hey, at this at this level, we're too good for you to just do this to us. Uh, and I think what we're seeing this year is, is the fact that even though we didn't see the development right away at the major league level, which every time we don't see the development right away, it seems like we uh, seem to lose hope. Um, even though we didn't see that development right away, I, I think what we're, what we are seeing is that uh, he actually does have the ability to uh, adapt and improve and, and evolve as a starting pitcher. He just uh, hasn't done it yet. He hasn't, he hasn't been pushed to do it yet. And over this offseason, he pushed himself uh, to get closer and closer there. Uh, and, and now we have uh, a Frankie Montas that's uh, at least making steps uh, in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, I, I'm in a points league. Um, and Luis Castillo, obviously, uh, probably one of the better starters so far this season going against the Cubs. Would you rather have him? Jake Orderizzi or Griffin Canning uh, starting. It's a it's a league, a league that uh, locks on Monday, so I have to make the decision by tomorrow. So I, I wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, it, it, so it's just for that matchup. Uh yeah, it, it's just for this week. Um, and, yeah, so uh, Castillo versus the Cubs, uh, Canning versus Kansas City, or uh, Odorizzi versus uh, L.A., uh, it locks on Mondays. It's one of those leagues that uh, basically uh, two-star pitchers are where you need to, like, pick your poison, so to speak. Uh, and I have a few of those already, like, locked in, and he's one of the guys I'm thinking of uh, switching out just because uh, wins are so valuable in this league. Um, so... Thought. Yeah, pick I, your brain. I, I think for me, it's not canning because for me, um, if I'm going to go for the matchup play, it's going to be Odorizzi because Odorizzi is just so much safer to me, and he has the ability to get pretty much the same number of strikeouts. Um, and Odorizzi right. knows how to manage pitches in a way that Canning doesn't really right now, so I think he's safer uh, yeah. in that regard. Um, but I think I'm going to go Luis Castillo. It's really hard because he's looked so good this year. Um, you know, me and Kyle right. spent a lot, to, a lot of time talking on the Thursday show about the fact that um, at the point that I, I looked up uh, numbers for that show, which was probably Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, um, maybe right. even Wednesday night, uh, the Cubs had three of the top seven in May OPS and four in the top 12. Chris Bryant was first in the category. Uh, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez, and uh, Anthony Rizzo was 12th. Um, 
so they're absolutely red hot. So, so it is a really difficult situation. Um, but I think for me, it, it's more of the uh, the shame I feel when I I don't play a stud against uh, you right. know the other way around. So I, I think I'd end up putting Luis Castillo out there and uh, living with the lumps yeah. no matter how they how they fell. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. That, that the strange thing about this league is um, it. There's like a head-to-head matchup, but uh, at the end of the season, it's all about who has the most total points at the end of the year. So uh, that's why I was asking, because uh, I, I don't know if I could live with the lumps, but uh, I mean, I could. I left. Uh, I picked up Tyler Skaggs early because I thought he would uh, go early because he has a two-start week um, this week, and I started him over picking up uh, Giolito uh, of the. White Sox and White Sox, and he he got two great starts uh, this past week, so uh, I, I've I've regretted that ever since it happened. So uh, I don't know, it's not the same exact type of thing, but I I just thought I'd pick your brain on uh, who to start there. <laughs> yeah, no, sounds good. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Cole. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you. See you next week. Yeah, have a good one. Well, that will do it for the Major League Fantasy Baseball Show. Um, Next week, uh, Cole will once again join me along with the guests. So have a good week, everybody. (laughs) 